the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Are you ready for the word? Praise him. This is Pastor Pearson, the Word of Faith Christian Center here in sunny San Antonio, Texas. A Bible-believing, Bible-teaching church where Jesus Christ is Lord and you will never be bored. I want to welcome all of you back to our radio broadcast and I pray as being a blessing to you and yours. So sit back and relax as I bring a message from the Word of God just for you. But please, please, please have an ear to hear what the Lord is about to say. Because if you do, I guarantee that you'll be blessed today. So without further ado, let me bring today's message to you. It's called Pathways to Increase Intimacy with God. Say to God, God our Father desires to have an intimate relationship with those of us who are His children. But unfortunately, although that's what our Father desires, most desires don't have that same desire. Although the opportunity exists, most Christians seem to resist the opportunity to have and enjoy the intimate relationship with God that He wants to have with us. Brothers and sisters, there are pathways that we can take and should take to increase our intimacy with God. If we don't know what they are, then we should learn what they are and take them. We need to know what they are and take them so that we can have and enjoy the increased intimacy with God that He desires for you and me. So, without further ado, let me share today's message with you. It's called Pathways to Increase Intimacy with God. But before I do, I got a question to ask you. Are you ready for the word? Because ready or not, here it comes. Turn to Mark chapter 1, please. Mark chapter 1. Jesus did this, so we should do it too. That's if we're wise and got an ear to hear what the Lord is saying to me and you. The Lord will wake you up and give you opportunity to be able to do it. You won't need an alarm clock. All you have to do is say to the Lord, I want to do it. And your eyes will pop open at the appropriate time earlier to be able to do so. The time that he knows is the right time for you because he knows you better than you. So don't tell him just five more minutes because he won't wake you up in five minutes. You'll wake up after the time that you would have normally woken up. You'd be like, oh, why didn't you? You know, I did. I did my part. Mark chapter 1. Let's go into Mark chapter 1, verse 35. I dare you to ask him. Say, Lord, just, I want to do this. Lord will wake you up. Mark chapter 1. I haven't woke up on an alarm clock in so long, I don't even remember what, what setting one is like. God wakes me up. And he'll let you know this is when your day starts. Mark chapter 1. We'll read verse 35. It says, and in the morning, Rising up a great day before day, a great while before day, he went out and departed into a solitary place and there prayed. Notice it says, and in the morning, rising up a great while before day. Oh, it wasn't no five minutes. It wasn't no 10 minutes. It wasn't no fit. A great while before day, which is long before day. Where the rooster leaned over and said, man, why don't you quiet down? Praise God. I'm trying to get a little bit more sleep. 
a great while before day. But I can feel some people, they're like, well, wait, that's just Jesus. You know, I got a job. I got kids. I got family. I got stuff to do. I was up all last night combing my daughter nappy hair. And then you want me to just get up and, 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 and early and be a great while before day? Oh, you guys, you had something to do. Okay, well, let's look and see if Jesus has something to do. Let's read back. Of course. We can go back. Okay, let's pick up right here. Verse 30. The Simon's wife mother, wife's mother lay sick of a fever and, and, and a nun, they tell him of her. And he came and took her by the hand and lifted her up and immediately the fever left her and she ministered unto them. So here you go, here, uh, uh, making sure somebody get healed. Praise God. This after he did some other stuff before then. I ain't got time to go but before then. Now let's keep coming down. And at evening, now this was in, it, in the evening time, prior to this morning, when the sun did set, so this is already nightfall, they brought unto him all that were diseased and them that were possessed with devils. So now this nighttime, right? Jesus is about to do a night shift. Praise God. And they didn't bring him a couple folk. They didn't. How many they bring him? Everybody in the region that was sick. Emptied out all the hospitals, all the clinics, all the other folks. Get up. Jesus in the house. He just raised chicky poo from, from sickness like a mug. And I need you to get up because this is your turn. And even folk with demons. Everybody come on up in there. Praise God. Some demons come out like that. Some of them take a while. Praise God. But all of them came. And all the city was gathered together at the door. How many folk? All the city. The entire city. Was that homie door on the night shift? This is after he'd been busy all day. I wish I had go, time to go back and show you all the stuff he did in that day. We had night shift now. I know what it's like. I'm a man of God. I got God in me. Praise God. And on the night shift, calls, come, folk, comes, dove happen. The devil don't have office hours. That's why anybody that's bonafide called to the ministry. I got any straight up people that's bonafide called to the ministry up in here. You won't have them either. Because whenever the problem arises, your job is to get the problem off. Not like I got stuff to do. I have places to go. It got quiet up in here. Praise God. And all the city was gathered together at the door. And he healed many that were sick of divers diseases and cast out many devils and suffered not the devils to speak because they knew him. And in the morning, rising up great a great while before the day and in the morning while rising up a great while before the this after a long night shift of casting out devils all night long healing folk all night long he still got up and, and went and spent some time with his father because where there's a will there's a way when there's a desire you'll have a fire but when you don't, you won't. So how much you do don't match what he did on that one night. And if we had time, I'd take you after night, after night, after night, 
after day, after night, after day, after night, was he still did the same thing every morning and made sure that he was up there before his father. One reason why he did it, because he knew he was going to have some devils coming later. And you got to have the power to be able to handle it. One of the reasons why we so woe out is because we don't pray. Because that's the power source. That's why we be walking around at 25 like we look like we 85, 95 and stuff like that. Because we ain't tapped into the power source. Come on now. That's why as soon as we sit down, if we sit down, anything wrong in five minutes, we get to blinking and leaning and going to sleep and stuff like that. You tell people they don't pray. They can't even stay awake doing a service. Well, you don't know how much I done did. Amen. Amen. I don't know how much you did, but I know one thing you didn't, you didn't did. Praise God. I can tell you one thing you didn't did. <laughs> I can live that one. Praise God. So we back at verse 35. And in the morning, rising up a great while before day, he went out and, and departed into a solitary place, which means he got up, put his clothes on, washed up, brushed his teeth, did everything, all the toiletries, praise God, put his clothes on and went someplace else and prayed. He wasn't one of them that said, well, look, I could do it in my house. Look, I ain't got to go nowhere. Jesus got up, put his stuff on and departed into a solitary place and there prayed. Why you, why you always think somebody going to need to come to the house of God? Because we're imitators of Christ. We get up, put our clothes on, go someplace else and pray. That word prayed right there means to pray to God. It actually includes to supplicate and to worship, but I don't want to get into those today. But it means to pray to God. It also translates pray earnestly. Pray earnestly. That's one of the reasons why sometimes we make these additional moves. Is it necessary? Not necessarily. But one thing it does is demonstrate earnestness. It demonstrates earnestness. Because it also translates pray earnestly. The word earnestly means serious in intention, purpose, or effort. Serious in intention, purpose, or effort. Whereas the prayer that God is looking for is the one that's serious because the one that Jesus did was serious. He was serious in his intention. He was serious in his perfect, perfect. And he was serious in his effort. It also means showing depth and sincerity of feeling, showing depth and sincerity of feeling. So when he prayed, he didn't like mumble. He was showing sincerity of feeling. He was showing sincerity of depth. He was showing the depth and sincerity of the feeling that he had for his father and his desire to pray. And it also means seriously important, demanding or receiving serious attention. Seriously important. He understood that it was seriously important. He, he I'm not going to think for him, but some of us know that if it's that serious and important, maybe we need to leave the house to do it sometimes. Because we know ourselves. If we sit on that comfortable chair we bought, or that comfortable chair that we, or couch we bought, it ain't going to be lasting long. Some of us know us. I mean, when I first started learning this concept, praise God, I used to go pray on the edge of the bathtub. Y'all look at the way, Fall one time. 
and you'll know what I'm talking about. Praise God. Amen. I wouldn't pray on the edge of the bathtub. Amen. You know, leaning in, you know, so that I can, my back is toward the bathtub. So that in case I do not fall in, blam, you hit porcelain. One time is all it takes. You learn to become, understand how seriously important this is and how it's demanding or requiring serious attention. Bless it. But the witness not sitting off your head that big. Praise God. Now, I'm not necessarily, you know, recommending y'all, some of y'all that, praise God. But the point I'm talking about is sometimes we need to do it in, a, in, a, in an environment or a place where we are less susceptible to sleep. Less susceptible to lying to yourself. I'm just going to go lay down and pray. Yeah, yeah, all right, all right, amen. And I got a car in my garage that need minor repairs, I'll be glad to sell you too. Praise God, amen. <laughs> See, earnest implies having a purpose and being steadily and soberly eager to pursue it. We're going to be steadily, steadily and soberly eager in pursuing it. See, earnest is not average. Let me do it this way. Earnest is not average. Because when you earnestly pray, it's not average. Because there wasn't nothing average about Jesus and ain't nothing average about us. Us. Let me give you an example. An earnest student and an average student are both students. An earnest student and an average student are both students. But an earnest student and an average student are not the same kind of students. No, they ain't. An earnest student studies a lot more and a lot differently than an average student. They do it a lot more and a lot differently than an average student. Because earnest student will study longer, harder, more purpose-minded than the average student will. The average student, they'll read what you told them to read. You know, Evelyn Woods bed read it and stuff. You know, run their finger across it a couple of times. Like, yeah, I read it. Praise God, I read it. Did you read your assignment? Mm-hmm, yeah, I read it. Did you study? Mm-hmm, I read it. I studied it. You sure? Mm-hmm, here's the test. Oh, man. Oh, man. See, uh, amen. See, I, amen. Praise God. You can tell the difference between the two. That when you say something like, you know, give me this in detail. You can tell the earnest student from the average student. Because the average student detail is three words. The earnest student is three pages. It's different. Why? Because earnest students do a lot more. Earnest earnest students study longer, harder, more purpose-minded than the average student will. Now, the average student will only do what they have to do. And even then they're trying to do it a little bit less, as little as possible. Because they don't really want to do it anyway. They just assigned to do it. So they do it because they assigned to do it. I got to do it. I'll do it. Like a lot of people, I got to pray. Okay, I'll pray. Jesus wept. I said, I prayed. What? What? I prayed. That's why they'll only be average at best but probably would be below average. That's one of the reasons why you have so many below average ministers. That's one of the reasons why you have so many below average ministers. It's a, it's a sad reality, but it's true anyway. Most, most ministers are below average. Ask me why. Because God raises up disciples to be ministers. Word disciple means learner, studier. It's a learner. It's a disciplined individual who takes time to learn. And most folks don't take time to learn. They just blow through and do what they got to do. And then don't even do that well. It's the truth of the matter. 
They can't preach on paper, but they expect to preach before people. Does this make sense to anybody? You got to learn to preach on paper before you preach before people. That's your practice right there. Can you talk to a blank page before you talk to a blank face? Because if you can't speak to a blank page, you'll never, for God, speak to a blank face. Satan will set you up, but God won't. Because God don't send nobody that don't know nothing. Does that make sense to anybody over here? So an earnest student and an average student is two different kind of students. That's why they only be average and probably be below average because they're not earnest about what they do. Same thing in athletics. An earnest athlete and an average athlete are both athletes. But an earnest athlete is different from an average athlete. An average athlete who, who earnestly desires, it's an, it's an athlete who earnestly desires to be good at what they do. That's the one that's going to spend a lot more time in the gymnasium practicing than the average athlete. Average athlete, when you say, go, this is practice time, this is shoot around time. They'll shoot one shot over here, run and catch the miss, and then they shoot it over here and run and catch the miss as it careens off the backboard, and then they'll run and catch it over here. And, and what they do is practice missing. So that when they get in the game, they're, they're good at missing. But an excellent, dude, uh, excellent uh, 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 athlete will stop in one area, make shot after shot after shot, after shot in that same area, maybe take a step back. Shot after shot after shot after shot in that same area. Everybody's like, come on, let's do some more. Let's do it. Shot after shot after shot. That's one of the reasons why God's raising this church up to be a non-average church. Because you come here week after week and do shot after shot after shot, the same shot. First meter chapter five, still. <laughs> That's why at the end of the game, the person that's making the most money can turn, shoot bottles. It wasn't luck. It was because they did it over and over and over and over again. Does that make sense? And so it is with a person who, who when it comes time to communicate with God, and, and, and if I could put it this way, need to get God on the scene. If you've been average about it, just pray over your food only. And even then, not really really in faith, more out of just ritual. Then when it comes time to get God on the scene, you ain't used to getting him there. And you're going to miss and miss and be scattered and running all over the place and miss. It just, everybody want to run out past the three-point line. I, when I would take them, I, would, I bring I bring them. I say, oh, "Everybody, right in here, right. Get inside the key. I want you to stand right at this short circle and make that shot right there." And like, Pastor, I mean, Coach, I'm like, "No, just make that shot right there." You watch it, boom, bounce off, boom, bounce over here, boom, bounce over here. They don't want to run and shoot. Up. I said, "No, no, shoot right here, right here. Make me 50 of those consecutively. I'll move you to another area. Give me 20 of those consecutively. I'll move you to another area." Can't do it. And it's the same thing with us. We can't get. We, amen. We can't even get the books of the Bible in order. Much less spell them right. 
and we ready to preach to the world. Yes, amen. Praise God, amen. So the average athlete, they're only going to do what they have to do. And even then, they're trying to do a little bit, as little as possible. That's why they'll only be average as best, but probably below average in most situations. Because they, because they're not earnest about what they do. But Jesus was not an average man. Jesus was not an average man. That's why he could get up early after being up late and be able to do what he's supposed to do because he's not an average man. He is a man that's tapped into God, tapped into the power source, which allows him to be able to do that. Because you'll find out if you tapped in like that, sleep's overrated. We'll move past that, though. He was a man unlike any other man that existed around him. No man. Nowhere was like Jesus on the face of the earth. No religious leader that was in existence then was like Jesus. They had names. They had acclaims. They had titles. They had places to be able to minister. They had everything else, but they didn't have no anointment. They didn't have no power. Jesus had power. And the reason why was because of his prayer life. It was different than anybody else's. Does this make sense? Jesus was a man of purpose. He was a man that knew his purpose. Everything Jesus did, he did demonstrating how he knew who he was and what it is that he was sent there to do. Because he was a man that was purposely about doing what God needed him to do. And he understood that included in the midst of that was prayer. He did everything earnestly, including prayer. That's why he taught us earnestly pray. That's why this word right here is used for prayer. It's earnestly pray. Earnest implies having a purpose and being steadily and soberly eager in pursuing it that you're going to be eager to pursue it. Since Jesus did it earnestly, then we ought to do the same thing. Since Jesus did it earnestly, we ought to do the same thing. We ought to be earnest about prayer, excited about prayer. Well, that's all that we have time for today. We trust that you are blissful with what the Word of God had to say. Hope that you've seen that one of the things that God wants to do is to increase the intimacy that exists between Him and me and you. Hope that you're also seeing that we need to do what we need to do to increase the intimacy between God and me and you like he wants us to do. Otherwise, we'll miss the opportunity of a lifetime to be in an intimate relationship with the most awesome, powerful entity in the universe. That's an opportunity that we definitely don't want to blow. That's why we should do everything we can do to learn how to and do what we learn to do to become more intimate with the God who loves and desires to have an intimate relationship with me and you. That's flat out what I'm going to do. I hope you do the same thing too. If you want to hear the message in its entirety, just got that to church office at area code 210-785-9238. That's area code 210-785-9238. Or write us at Word of Faith Christmas Center, 1928 Bassey Road in San Antonio, Texas, 78213. We'd be more than glad to get it out to you ASAP. If you're here or visiting San Antonio or surrounding areas, come on by and visit us at Word of Faith. We're located at 1928 Bassey Road in San Antonio, Texas, between West and Blanco. Service times are Wednesdays at noon, Thursday evenings at 645, Saturday afternoons at 430, and Sunday mornings at 8 and 11. If you don't have transportation or you're in need of a ride, we'll come and get you. We have a VIP transportation service that's available for every service. We'll pick you up, bring you to the church, and then drop you off at home after soul. Just go on the church office and arrange a ride. If you need a ride, we'll be glad to come and get you. We also invite all the brothers in San Antonio and surrounding areas 
to come out to our Breakfast of Champions men's breakfast tomorrow morning. It's an all-you-can-eat breakfast at the Sisters from Word of Faith. Prepare for the Brothers of Word of Faith. That's the best breakfast in town. It's one of my brothers that you don't want to turn down. Then after we feed you naturally, we're going to feed you spiritually too. With a powerful word from God, just for the brothers, that's including you. There's no charge, but a free will offering will be taken. It starts at 9.30 a.m. sharp and it ends at 12 noon. Don't be late, that's if you want a plate. Child care is provided at no charge. Need a ride? VIP transportation services available for this too. So come on through and bring a couple brothers with you when you do. I guarantee that you'll be blessed and they will too. And don't forget saints, make sure that you're in church on Sunday. If you're not at work, every child of God needs to be in their father's house on Sunday. There's no substitute for being in church, fellowshipping with other believers, and worshiping God in the house of God. I believe every born-again believer should say what the psalmist said when he said, I was glad when he said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. So if you can be in church on Sunday, then be in church on Sunday. You'll be blessed when you do, I guarantee you. And to all of you who've been a blessing to us by sending words of encouragement by letter or email to us, sharing with us, that you're being blessed by the messages, and that you're praying for us, I want to say to all of you, thank you. And to all of you who've been so kind to send financial offers in support of our ministry, we want to say to all of you from the bottom of our heart, thank you. The Bible says God is not mocked. Whatsoever man soweth, that shall he so reap. Well, since all of you have been such a tremendous blessing to us, writing words of encouragement to us, praying for us, and even sending financial support to us, we know that God's not going to be mocked concerning you. He's going to do exactly what he said in his word that he was going to do. That is, make sure that you reap what you sow. So we thank God in advance for all the blessings that are coming your way because of your being a blessing that you've been to all of us. May God richly bless all of you for blessing us as we endeavor to do what God has called us to do. That is, be a blessing to a blessed people like you. So once again, thank you for being a blessing. Don't forget to tune in to our broadcast next week for more of this life-changing word we have in store for you. Call a neighbor, call a friend, tell them to tune in. But when you do, know that we're going to ask the same question of you. That is, are you ready for the word? Y'all stay blessed. See you next week. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.